Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey, I'm Joe. And I'm Sal, and you're watching Better Together with Maria Menunos. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Better Together with Maria Menounos. As you can tell, I am not Maria Menounos. I'm Mr. Maria Menounos. Very proud to be Mr. Maria Menounos. Uh, Maria is uh, still convalescing and uh, on the mend. Uh, in the meantime, we'll start with the quote of the day. Friendship is the hardest thing in the world to explain. It's not something you learn in school. But if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship, you really haven't learned anything. And what really blew me away about this quote was that it was stated by Muhammad Ali. And I never saw him as the guy that would ever talk about friendship in that way. Um, and how this ties into today's show is, is with our guests, Sal Volcano and Joe Gatto of, of course, Impractical Jokers in the upcoming show, game show, or excuse me, the current game show, Misery Index. But when I think of uh, two great friends and four great friends with these people working together and how they've turned this friendship into success, I can't think of a more accurate quote. Sal Volcano and Joe Gatto are comedians, actors, and producers who most, if not all of you know, 
from the hit TV series Impractical Jokers, as well as the game show Misery Index. The duo have been friends since high school, along with their Practical Joker castmates, James Murray and Brian Quinn. Each came from humble beginnings, attending college, pursuing various studies well outside anything show business related. Post-college, the foursome reconnected to begin doing skits in their parents' basement. Today, their show may be the most televised show in all of TV. However, that's not their most amazing accomplishment. The most amazing thing about this foursome is that they have found a means to hit the highest levels of comedy without being mean-spirited. On top of that, they are probably the most universally beloved talents in all of show business with recognition and fans globally. And on top of that, they figured out a means as friends to be successful partners in business. Their comedy has been healing to my wife Maria post-brain tumor surgery and surely to so many during this pandemic. Heal Squad, please give a warm, better together welcome to Sal Volcano and Joe Gatto. Wow, here we are. Yeah. We made oh. it. Wow. It's, oh, one of those guys he's talking about. I want to meet those guys. Those are nice uh, guys. You, you, all of that is true. And it's uh, it's incredible. And you guys have been such great friends to Maria from day one. Um, and just, God, it's like, talk about people who are, they always say be authentic. But from I knowing you guys off camera, that's really what comes through. And I think that's why people love you guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank we you, uh, we 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 are always. It's always nice to talk to you guys and 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 talk with friends because that's what it always feels like when we speak to you and Maria. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it it really is just great to be able to do this all together as friends too. So we're very fortunate for sure. You know, as you guys, your story, and I know you've told the story many times. You know, the, these were guys who went to college and did different things after high school. They were friends in high school. They reconnect. They start doing skits in, in one of their parents' basement and off they go and eventually land in this position. Um, are you guys seeing all these TikTok stars that are basically doing the same thing right now with mm -hmm. the pandemic? And are you, are you following them and thinking of, God, that was kind of you guys back in the day? Yeah, I, I mean, I equate, uh, I'm a TikTok guy. I love TikTok. Uh, and I actually equate it to very early MySpace. I was, you know, I was, I talk about this often about how it, out of all the platforms for me, it has the most sense of community where I don't find it that true about like Twitter or uh, Instagram that feels way more vacuous. Like it feels like you're kind of by yourself, putting up your own content and people are watching, but there's a lot of, I think maybe it's just even with there's the thing that you could do called duet where you basically just put together you watching somebody else's content. And that's another way it could go. And it reminds me of how like MySpace and Sal could attest this. That was basically a comedy community for us. Like that was like a group of, we met a lot of good comedian friends through there, people trying to do the same thing. And uh, that's what I really equate TikTok to. And I think at the time of the pandemic, it's really where people were looking for a way to connect. And I think TikTok just came in like lightning. And I think it allowed filmmakers or young artists to kind of cut out the middleman too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know sure. yeah there's something about like i don't know what like um i'm just i one of a podcast i do i had a clip go viral on tiktok like in the last few weeks mm -hmm. so i'm just like kind of getting the scope of how quickly that can happen to what degree i guess they, they're like the way they they have their shareability features on there and make stuff catch like wildfire which i think like the more the more we progress with social media i think that's kind of the intent and I don't know, it's like, I even, you're right, even now on like something like Twitter or Instagram, it just feels like, I don't know, the speed at which people are consuming, viewing and sharing 
it's all just being amplified. I think TikTok is a late because it was Snapchat, which I never did, and now TikTok. But it's like it's almost like kind of undeniable. Like if you if you want to stay, you know, involved and you want to promote stuff the simplest, most effective way, it's like if you're not joining it, it seems like you might be doing yourself a disservice. So like at first I wasn't really on it because it's just like for me, it's like another app. Another thing. To, yeah. You know, okay, I got, did I post it there? Did I post uh, it there? Did I post it there? You know what I mean? And it's like I don't have the time. But now it's like you see the shift in momentum and you're like, all right, I should at least have something so that at the at the very least, if people are going there looking for me, they can find me. And it's just not my content being shared by other people. You know what I mean? So yeah. I joined recently and, I, and I've been real surprised at, at like how viral things can go very quickly. It's quite, wow. kind of wild. It used to be like you had to create something that really, really grab people's attention like almost like it had to be unbelievable to go viral or so so specific and unique and now it's kind of just like if you if you touch on something that's relatable mm-hmm. yeah um it can go viral just being relatable it's it, it, it the bar has come down as to like how people share things and i don't mean that necessarily in a bad way i just mean it as the dynamic is changing about how people use this stuff and so, you know, like you it's see- not strictly entertainment, like and stuff like my uh, my wife does a lot. She follows a lot of like TikTok mental health, like therapy people. Yeah. Where she that's like, that's all her followers. Like, you know, for me, it's like comedians and and, and there's a, a bunch. I'm like into the Marvel stuff. So there's some like you know, Marvel fan theory stuff I follow. But it's so funny to see what people's followers are, too, because literally everybody's on there. Sales, right. It's not just about like because even like Vine, which is kind of the closest thing it was equated to because of the format. It was like that was all comedy. It was all just like, you know, basically, basically, you know, 95% of that, all that was comedy. But here it's really just like a baking tips. Like I, I, I learned how to make a, a awesome vegan quesadilla. <laughs> and like I found a fun dance and like I, you know, I learned about push-ups, like all in one scrolling session, you know? So you, you know, really do learn about a lot. The craziest thing that happened for us with you, know, you speak of uh, mental health and better together and all yeah. the, even the podcast. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. And this is something I never intended, but this clip that that I was speaking about that went viral it was about just my buddy mispronounced the word Tupperware. He thought it was called tub, tubaware, tubaware. And I, and I, we were just, we were in the middle of a regular conversation. And I was like, what did you just say? And he's like, Tupperware. And I'm like, no, 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 it's Tupperware. And then we just got into this little, it was nothing, right? It was nothing. So some reason, I guess many people make that mistake. So this thing goes kind of viral, which is, I guess, not that easy. I I mean, not that hard. I think if you ask like a lot of the, even the regular people on TikTok now, it's like not that hard for just 
a teenager to go viral with something. You know what I mean? But what happened was people took it and co-opted it. And now they started dubbing over the voice. And so they do their voice, but then they write, they subtitle it kind of what they really mean. And um, our conversation about Tupperware and Tupperware somehow became linked to like this, I don't know if you want to call it a meme or a trend where people are using it to come out like, or at least in jest, but to come out to family and friends. Wow. So like when they, I can't really explain it, but when we're saying, when they're dubbing over our voices, they're like saying stuff like, oh no, you know, I'm trans or I'm gay. And then when I'm like, no, it's Tupperware. And they're like, All right. I don't know. They did this whole thing. Yeah. And it became this trend about young people identifying their sexuality to friends and family when they haven't done it before. And if you click on it now, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And it was like, wow, like one thing just became, another. it was really powerful to see that like something like that can be taken and used in a way that you didn't mean it. And then like just become something completely of its own. Yeah. It's so far, it's like, I feel like we haven't seen the negative side of it yet. You know, I feel like to, for me, Twitter's just too toxic. So I don't, I don't do Twitter. I, I, Instagram maybe can be, but I I look I look for the things like your wife, you know, that yeah. interests me. But um, so far TikTok seems like it, it is a positive place. Hopefully, it stays that way. And I'll I'll say with you guys again, to your credit, what I think is so aspirational is your positivity because I will tell you guys, mo many of the comedians your age are ang were angry at TikTok in the way that re uh, actors were mad, angry at reality stars like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. There's so much resentment and bitterness. That's not funny where you're saying, hey, we're lowering the bar, but okay, it's cool. Like more people, you know, but I see such an, uh, and you probably see it too from some of your contemporaries, but you guys, I mean, <laughs> like it, it, do you, you are you aware of how positive you guys are? <laughs> You're in the. I mean, comedy is a dark world. Ironically, yeah, yeah, it could be cynical, especially like stand up. I guess we're lucky though because we we found success already and we found it later in life. So I mean, from from where I'm sitting, I, I could understand someone who's really clawing and still trying to get that their name out there, mm -hmm. and then see someone like you know, just you know, whatever they do, like, you know, like kind of like the lowest form of comedy because it's open to everyone, kids and this and that. And it's just yeah. like some lighthearted stuff that's like really not like, you know, hard to do. And then all of a sudden it's like 50 minutes. I could see people like, like the takeaway being like, well, here I am like working at like what I try to think is this like elevated material. I, I get it, but that's not our demeanor to begin with. You know, no, it's yeah. not. And I also think yeah. I enjoy, it's great that you even have empathy for those old guys, you know, but, but I know, but a lot of times I see, I was just saying this the other day to Kelsey, a lot of times when middle-aged people make it in our business, they're actually more ravenous, more desperate, mm. more clawing. Clock second. Clock second. Yeah. 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 And, sure. and again, you haven't suffered from that. It, you know, when um, we think of like, I think it's, I would, I'd like to think in pa on paper, I'd love to be able to work with my friends and my family. You know, I think that's a lot of people's dreams. And what's been the secret to being able to work together as friends successful for so long? I, I think a lot of it is, uh, it definitely boils down to communication for sure. But I think a big part of it is, <laughs> it's kind of like, a, a, Sal could definitely attest to this because I'm definitely, uh, yeah, a telephone game like you need like if you need something to be said sometimes it's not best coming from you 
So <laughs> you lean on one of your other best friends to bring it up. <laughs> you know, so I think things are all taken differently from from each of us. So like if you need somebody brought up that it might be best coming from Q or coming from me or coming from Mer, coming from Sal. So we would kind of like talk one on one to bring up stuff to the, to the group. But also, we've been friends such a long time. We really, you know, we're brothers at this point. 30 years of friendship, you know, it's it's insane. So we really know each other on a level to work both personality-wise, which has nothing to do with creativity and business partnership. Then we have the business partnership kind of relationship. And then we have the hardest one, in my opinion, is the creativity because we work on comedy, which is so subjective and what's funny and whatnot. So I think that's kind of like, uh, it's definitely a challenge, but I think we've, had enough time to get used to it. So like, what do you think the secret is? He touched on it. I mean, it's just like navigating a relationship, really. You know, you have to manage every relationship you have in your life. I think that um, we're lucky that we got to go through this together. And that kind of like, this is the mothership. We have all of our satellite projects and and and, and other, even other shows and stuff like that. But this is kind of the one from which all the other ones kind of flow. And so we know that this is important. It was like trial by fire. Like when we got this show in uh, 2010, it was, we didn't know how to make a show. We didn't know how TV worked. We had to learn all that together. It was like sink or swim. And then, you know, of course, getting an opportunity like that is like winning the lottery and you don't want to squander it. And so we understand that like, we're, we're very lucky to be here. And, 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 and then, you know, we have to do at all costs, we have to learn how to make this work no matter what, you know, we don't want to, we don't want it to go away. We don't want to give it up. We want it to thrive and we want to leave our mark and everything. So with that comes, we, we all understand the responsibility it takes. And, and part of that is managing our expectations and our relationships with each other. So before anything goes sour, we're, we're always going to have our best interests at heart, you know, first and foremost for each other. Um, we make decisions based we make even our business decisions first based on our personal decisions. So we, we really take into account our feelings and emotions on things, you know, because that's kind of what gets things, what, what gets things muddy. You know, when, when, when ego or emotion or feelings get involved, sometimes that can cloud every other judgment that comes beyond it. So we, I think for, we pick it up first from a place of making yeah. sure we're all okay. We all understand each other. We're all happy. And if, if one of us has an issue, we work on that first, we become like a unified front and then we go forward to make the business decisions. Cause we actually have to navigate sometimes a hundred decisions a day in a dem in fact, in dem fact. democratically. Yeah. And fast. Yeah. So uh, you got to learn how to do that. It's like anything right. else. You guys actually take a vote. Do you do do with yeah? This? Yeah, you, you and there's four of us, so sometimes it's a fifty-fifty, and we've literally on mm -hmm. big deals flipped a coin. Yeah. Like we were just like was two of us. Two of us didn't want to do it. Two of us did. Like we had it was one of our, like when we do our live tour. There was a weekend that was like we didn't want to do back to back weekends or whatever or something had come up, and it was like in a big arena show. And we literally were two and two on it, and we were like, you know what? Let's flip a coin. And our manager's like, you're gonna you're gonna flip a coin. You're like, yeah. That's the only fair way to do it. And we flipped the coin. You got to know <laughs> that you're going to win some and lose some. Yeah. And you yeah. have to, and, and you do, and some you win and some you lose. And yeah. it's better to just kind of like understand that it's par for the course for us and get, get past it than to like harp on something else. Cause something's coming down the pike right away soon again. And it's, you're going to be in the same situation. So, so, okay. So don't take it that don't no. take things to heart. Right. Uh, I think yeah. Sal, I think Sal hit on something too, where the, the emotion and the friendship definitely has the driver's seat in all the decision-making we make. And I, I'll say that for, I don't think that's true with a lot of our, our 
business is not treated like a business first. It's more of a friendship first where we're making, uh, you know, where we're working together to do create, create stuff. But I think we always first like, all right, let me put myself in somebody else's shoes. So you're not afraid to speak up if you're uncomfortable. You're not afraid to be like, guys, this is not right for me kind of deal. So I think that definitely there's a nurturing aspect to being the one voice and it's treated with respect. It's brilliant because when you think about the Rolling Stones apparently don't really talk the who has had problems and you know i i felt like with i saw the documentary on pythons body pythons they seem like they're pretty okay with each other but most of these groups kind of you know like it, it's almost like a love affair a relationship at some point it just burns itself out yeah and um it's incredible that you guys have been going this long and are still going that strong and we did was there ever a moment where you consciously went into it and said you know we heard Abbott and Costello did not like each other or do you know what I mean like that we really need to work at this or did it just happen naturally we've had our we've had some ebbs and flow we had our ups and downs in the past we've come we, we you know there's been times where we've come to like a boiling point that we really had to like stop and maybe kind of rework the way that we approach things um we've all we've been there but again we already we kind of already know that we we have to get it done you know what i mean um i don't know i guess it really does help that we were friends first and it really does help that i think that we got this opportunity somewhat a little bit later when we were a little bit more you never are but a little bit more sure of who you are what you want and what you're about and things like that so that all played into it. I, I think of it too, but I mean, we've come this far. I think we've, you never know, but I think we've navigated through as hard as we would have to. Yeah. I, the think, that we're, I think we're kind of on a, on the side of it now where I, I don't think any of us think there's nothing that we can't get through. I think that we continue to do the show if we're having fun, but I, I don't think that um, the, the show will, would end from something other than that. All right. Do we have a Yoko Ono? <laughs> not on this call no uh no we 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 have i would say moments of sharing that role where like sometimes because true you know the other thing that happens is that life happens right if you think about this the show started 10 years ago right and i was the only one that had like a real uh, serious girlfriend at the time i think right and i had recently just got engaged I think. And now if you look at our lives where there's like now there's families and children's and, and, and you know, relationships and all this stuff that happens, like you, we've grown, become grown men in a sense, you know, inside of all this. So now there's other stuff that's pulling on us in a way that even didn't happen. Real life, you know, real life gets in a way, you know, even like the pandemic and the, and the way the world's falling apart and the way we're all reacting to it and having to come together with our families and whatnot. And I, I, I think that really is the one thing that's really we've adapted throughout this whole career of this decade on TV. It's really like we've become different people over, you know, 10 years is a yeah, long time yeah. to try to adjust through this whole and navigate these waters. So. And that's, that to me is what's incredible because like, think of a lot of rock bands. They all started as friends. We're all buddies in high school jamming together. And then, you know, it, it happens. And then like I said, it peters out. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Do you guys still hang out socially or is the social really the work because you're having so much fun? Both. I mean, look, we do. If, if we're down, if there, there was no pandemic and we were on a hiatus, we would we would we'd be hanging out. I mean, not every single day, but that's not even a thing. Like we totally still hang out. But when we're in full on production now between all the different shows and the different touring and stuff, we're with each other to the point where it's like, well, it's we're enough. Still, we're still, <laughs> No, but we still roll up into a town. We have a show that night and we'll go get lunch, go shopping, go to a movie before the show. Sometimes after the show. No, we still hang out. I mean, what's this whole point? We're, that's we, we all want to be here. You know, like what we're showing on television isn't like put on. So it, it's, it's helpful. It's an easy question to answer. It's like the reason we're still on the air and the reason that hopefully the fun that we're having is translating is because it's genuine, you know? It's genuine. That's, yeah, that's what I see. In high school, were you guys the class clowns? Or you were the you were the wallflowers like you see a lot of successful people. Um, I don't think I would. I don't think we we're class. I wouldn't classify any of us as class clowns. We all did uh, improv comedy together in our high school. Um, I went to an all boys Catholic high school, so there's a lot of like male bonding, you know. But uh, Sal and I had lunch, and I used to make Sal, you know, laugh all the time as hard as I do now at lunch <laughs> around that lunch table. We've had some of our hardest laughs, you know. Um, but That's I don't funny think, I think we were in you. So you wouldn't say you were a class clown because I don't think you and Murrow were, but I always thought I that people put me in that in that bucket. I, I in grammar school, I think I was high school, I think I not in maybe not in college. I don't know. I always felt like I was not like a um, disrupt kind of way, yeah, you know, yeah. But, but like I was uh, you like I, to make people I, laugh for sure. I carried that role, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's it like? Is you guys are uh, you've stayed grounded and and i i i relate to that so i as someone who has remained grounded what is it like when you see friends from high school now oh i don't talk to those as <laughs> well here's the thing because you're you're still in new york so i'm sure you bump into them you know yeah. it's it's i'm in la so i don't see anybody yeah, you know, um, I still have Sal. all my. Has, I have all my same friends. Sal has <laughs> Sal is the most friendly guy in the world. I'll put him up against anybody. Sal has the most good to best friends out of any human being I've ever seen in my life. That man maintains relationships. I do like not, no like nobody. It's so hard. I know, I know from professional wrestlers to like be like, oh, I'm buddies with Sal. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> like I hear it all the time. I, by the way, I love that. That's uh-huh. just, that's the spirit. Well, Sal's got that. Uh-huh. Sal gives off that aura. You want to be friends with Sal. Sal is the funniest and friendliest guy I know. I've, I've said it my whole life. Nothing about TV. It's just, he's always made me laugh the hardest. And he's just something about 
his personality that gravitates to that. That's why America loves him. We call him uh, as a joke. We call him America's sweetheart, Sal Volcano. Because yeah, like, he, really he is. He, he is. Like our, yeah. All right. I'm loving this. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It's, you know, I don't know, man. Is it like you, like you said about staying grounded? Uh, I don't know where that where it really comes from. It's it's the most important thing, I think. Yeah. Do you think absolutely? You always get. It discourages me sometimes because I feel like you have to be born with it. And I hate that because I'd like to think it's something you could aspire to. But I feel like, what do you think? You were born, you, you're either born with that or it's not? It's really a tough one. I don't know if we got it from like, you know, you know, I don't know like who, how we were brought up or who, who we kept company with. But um, it's, it is unfortunate. You see people either lose their way or they were never equipped to be in the, in the public. And you kind of see people that maybe are, don't make the best decisions with it and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think. Like- I will say, I think the four of us going through it together helped. Right. Because yeah. you lose a, there's an aspect of all of it there where people can't relate to you, your friends, you lose your friends. Cause they can't relate to you. Like Justin right. Bieber's friends when he was 14 years old. Right. Oh. Then all of a sudden he skyrockets and he becomes oh, this. Right. right. And then he has to try to bring these kids along that just don't even understand what's happening. The difference with us is that the four of us like went through it all together. So you have a built-in support system of all the highs and lows, right? When you're on Madison Square Garden stage and there's an arena that you can't believe you sold out, you turn, look left and right, and your best friends are there. You're not mm-hmm. telling them about it. You're living it together. So there's, I think there's part of that that definitely helped. There's a built-in support structure that everybody understands, that your best friends understand what you're going through, which I don't think a lot of people get. We're right. very fortunate in that, with that. Selling out Madison Square Garden. Also, I don't know if it's an East Coast thing maybe or something like that, but like, you know... I'm not, I'm not. I'm not really. That, I'm not really that special. You know. Yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know like, what? I'm just. Saying, we're all just people. Everybody got to calm down a bit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I. 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 I'm like that, and I mean, I. I think you're right. There is an East Coast thing. Mm-hmm. For me, my my college friends are my best friends. Like this, like thirty of us, and we're, you know, we're all brothers. And yeah, I. I. But I see where other people can get far away, and uh, I. I'm sad for them because I think. You know, you want to be with the people, if you can, that you came up with. How, your parents, all this, like, I I can only imagine, and again, I'm Italian-American myself, I can only imagine how they feel about their kids being on TV every day around the clock and then selling out Madison Square Garden. Can you tell me how your parents have been with all this? Good, Sal. <laughs> oh, what's that grin for Oh, because mine are dead, and this is be the point of the uh, the sorry. point of it oh. where I'd always say, "Well, my parents are dead. Thanks for bringing it up." They, and Sal oh is waiting God. for me to say that. No, Joe, because my father's gone. You know, a long decades and decades ago, and I so I really empathize. Maria's mother's very sick right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm sorry. Did they get to? They didn't get to no, see. My, my mom actually. My mom made it. My mom was the guest of honor. I would say at right Sal at the uh, season premiere uh, at our. She was around for the first two seasons, and uh, right. she was like. She was yeah. like the group mom, which is kind of which is kind of fun. She was she treated everybody like sons, especially Sal. Like she really connected with Sal and loved him, and uh, it, it was great to to have her there. But we get to actually use Sal's family the most in the show, and Sal's dad is yeah, just no, like, I know oh, he's a he's but, amazing, yeah. But I, you know, but going back to it's so great your mom got to see it. You know, my dad never got to see any of my success, and I think um, you know you hear the cliche that w- with you they see it. I actually believe they do. But it's hard. Is it is it hard with not, your dad not being able to see it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's it. But to be honest, like even more, I'd miss him now as a parent, as like a father. 
Like, you know, that's where more of the questions come with, because my dad was like a, you know, a vice president of a insurance company, you know, so I don't know how much he would even relate to any of this stuff. Sure. There's a proud factor, but you know, he was, you know, I lost him when I was, uh, 18, uh, 19, just, just turned 19. And he was, uh, you know, now I'm a dad and there's so many more dad questions I'd have for him because yeah. he was, you know, according, you know, I had the greatest guy in the world. Right. So like, it's like, I, that's when I really realized I missed him more as opposed to being able just to see me on TV kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. no one's, and I always say no one's going to love you like a parent. So I, sure. I really, sure. I, I empathize. And, um, well, you touched on something with Joe. The thing that, uh, why we laugh right away is cause, um, it's Joe's one of Joe's funniest go-to things. Cause it, cause it, 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 even if it doesn't come up, Joe, I guess, is, <laughs> has made such peace with it. Like even him, his family and us, he he jokes about it all the time. And one of his favorite things to do is on any interview, like any and every interview, especially the biggest stage, like if we're on like a like like on a television show or no matter what it is, like a bit like a late night show or a red carpet, Joe just grabbed the mic oh. and, 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 and talk about how his parents have passed on. And, <laughs> And he, and he, on purpose, he makes the host feel so uncomfortable. And it just gets us, it gets me a shade of red laughing so hard. He does it on the show all the time. It just, oh, you yeah. know, when, you, when you said that, it was just like, you didn't know what you opened. It's a thing that we celebrate. It's like, you know, we love Joe's yeah. parents and Joe's so, he just, this is a go-to thing. So that's why I started laughing right away. Because yeah. usually um, the host or whatever, or who we're speaking to isn't like our close person, like a friend of ours. Right. So, we don't even, he doesn't even explain past that. He just makes it. <laughs> By the way, way, I'm, I'm so tempted to edit it out because Maria is yeah. going to be, because she's yeah, yeah. so big on research, you know, like right, yeah. um, we had some, a lot of tech issues today, but wow. Uh, <laughs> now talk about your, talk about your, um your dad. Yeah, um, my pop. Yeah. He, it's like probably one of the, my favorite things about having the shows on TV is that he gets to come on because I know how much he loves it. Yeah. So it's just kind of like you know every every time he gets to come on, I'm like, who? This is such a unique experience. How many people, you know, can can you know be with their dad in a capacity on TV like this, where you're like kind of showing our relationship, and he's part of the universe of the show and part of the fun I'm having, or our families, really, all of our families, yeah. not just my dad. So you know, it doesn't get old, you know. The joke, the joke that we make about Sal's dad is that he looks better than all of us and he should be the one that's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like such a dream you get working with your best friends and even to be able to bring your family in. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've used my daughter on the show. So I've been able to be the dad on the show, which has been really fun. My daughter, you know, she's a little, she's a little firecracker. I love her. And to be able to have my daughter on the show has been super cool too. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. 
T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Um, you know, have you guys had it? When I think of the other comedians out there, we're going back to the ones that are um salty, let's say. You know, <laughs> have you dealt with jealousy from any of those guys or girls, you know, in comedy? Like, you know, would you still even go to those kind of clubs like, you know, improv or like the comedy cellar? Do you do any of that stuff? Yeah. Sal performs on the regular as a standup now, too. And I I mean, in the beginning, I just think a lot of people just didn't get it, like didn't get this, didn't get our story. Because like we were building the beginning as four friends, you know, pulling pranks on each other, which is not what our show is at all. As you know, it's a show about friendship and that we are real comedians. So I think in the beginning it was like, oh, who are these guys coming up and, and doing this stuff? And then we started touring and having these big shows and stuff. So, but then once people got to know us and know our story, I think all that really went away that they saw, Oh, these guys are like comedians that are putting together a comedy show. That's doing it. Right. Sal, I think that's kind of, I, I thought we had uh, out of the gate. I was actually shocked at the Im- impressive amount of support yeah. from comedians. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew a lot of them from, I was in that world already a little bit. And so um I would get feedback and I just was like actually pleasantly surprised at how much people took to the show. I've heard um, good things from other comedians about you guys, which surprised me because, you know, going no, back- I know what you, I know what you mean. That's why I was yeah. pleasant, pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, there's always like an element of maybe like things that you don't hear, but to me and from what has come to me and to my face, it's, it's been largely very extremely supportive actually. And you know, we get to give back to, cause I, 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 we tour and we, we bring comics with us and we had, we do this annual like comedy festival, so to speak uh, on a cruise. And we book like, you know, 15 comics a year for that, for a, like a week long gig. And so we've done that four times. So I love giving work, to friends and to other comics. So that's actually one of the the best parts about it too. So we I think we're pretty like involved and ingratiated into into the the stand-up community at least. I'm there, you know, I, I do like Joe mentioned, aside from the pandemic, I'd be at the cellar or the stand or New York Comedy Club or Gotham a few nights a week every every week. It's just so, it's a testament that you can have the spirit you have in that world because I don't see it in the other comics. And I remember going back to MySpace when Dane, you know, Dane Cook exploded on MySpace, he took a ton of lashings from other comics, you know, from the older guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and by the way, Dice, ironically, was the one who went and stuck up for him. Said, guys, you're all just jealous. <laughs> you know? But even that, you guys have found a way, I think, through the gifts that you have. I don't think it's luck. I think the, it's really special. And I, I just hope it's something that um, other people can aspire to. Like, I, like I hope it's just, it is genuinely who you guys are but what i'm hearing is the authenticity i'm hearing about it always goes back to the friendship and i think there's giving back right giving back to other comedians i think that comes back to you too but um man it's it, it, it yeah i wouldn't uh, in the writing world when i was in the writing business and it, it, it stuff i could have learned from myself <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. say that much um what what are the comedy that you guys liked growing up Oh man, so many different things. Yeah, I, uh, it's funny. Like the things that influenced me the most when I was younger might not be typical of what you'd think. You know, I was very influenced by. I've spoken about this before, but um, very influenced by sitcoms and television. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Letterman was huge for me from a young I, age. Mm-hmm. Letterman and Stern were two big influences for me from a young age. But like when, when I go like young, young, it was like watching Jefferson's in syndication with my grandparents and loving Sherman Hemsley and like his amazing. Movie. And like just trying to like imitate those people for my family and getting laughs. Then I would even do that that in school and get laughs. And then just being around funny people. My my grandfather, my dad's dad was really funny and a great storyteller. And just like little things like that. And then when I got a little older and I saw like um, the big ones for me were like Bill Cosby himself, which was a real seminal special. And then, or Eddie, believe it or not, my dad let me watch Eddie Murphy. Uh, so like, yeah, so like Delirious and Raw, like we added him on VHS and he just let me watch him. So like, I just was like, I started to get into stand-up comedy like really, really young. But just my love for it really young. What you about know? sketch performers? I mean, as far as any of the troops, were any of the troops that you... I mean, SNL's king, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know dream dream about that. And then um, In Living Color was big when I was little. For sure, yeah. You know, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, I used to love... I used to love those shows, and you just dream about getting on those. I used to write SNL sketches, you yeah. know, at, at home. You know? Mr. Show, right? Mr. Show was a big yeah, one, too. Yeah, oh, Mr. Yeah, loved so Mr. Good. Show. Yeah, but I was like, I was big in uh, comedy. Like, I loved movies, too. Like, Mel Brooks, for me, is for hands down, probably. that uh, You know, Zucker, you know, David Zucker, they are playing. And, and you know, all those kind of, like, those kind of movies really stuck out for me. And then um, I think a big influence growing up, even in the dynamic, was John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. Um, you know, uh, Sal and I were, you know, kind of... Uh, aspire to that dynamic of friend, uh, funny friend being directed by his uh, his funny friend kind of deal, like the the vibe they gave off uh, in the beginning with Swingers and Maid and stuff like that. Them and, back together because Sw- Maid was great yeah. too. Like yeah. I, I Maid's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love Maid. Yeah, I used to watch. Yeah, that was, later on. That was big because we were trying to make short films and stuff, and their yeah. story and their like journey. Those two together, there was always like something exemplary. Even the guys in Sunny, they're all. Yep. like our age and they kind of DIY'd it and stuff. And I look, I look up to them big time. Yeah. I'm trying to just think of like, you know, everyone that kind of influenced us in that way. Um, you know, when I got a little bit older, I guess in my like maybe mid twenties or late twenties, I forget Stella, Stella was a really big um, comedy troupe for me. That's uh, uh, Michael Ian Black, Mike Showalter and David Wayne. They were on um, they were in a larger troupe called The State on MTV when I was like okay, really young. That's right. Yeah. And then they did this like three man kind of absurdist sketch and they they influenced me a lot a, a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you so, try to do take what they these people like the stuff you see and like kind of do something different, you know, but you, when you first start you you can't help but emulate, you know, the people yeah. that you like the most, you know. Such a yeah. wide range. Um yeah. Let's talk about the new show because I know that's what you guys are um, promoting. And um, what a premise! Did this it, did this the show come out of was it BBC or what, did they just do it here, Kelsey? I know because you're a fan. Oh, Misery Index, yeah, they just yeah. Misery Index. Yeah, they did it. Uh, they did it here. We actually got cast for it, which was really cool. So TBS acquired the rights to this uh, card game, and they made the Misery Index game show. It was basically it started as a board game, a card game that got played um and we by andy breckman was uh, the guy who created it and they actually were looking for talent for the show so they basically were looking for people to play along with contestants and our name came up and 
I think one of the coolest auditions we ever did, like we don't really audition. So they were like, Hey, let's see if the guys like it. So we had a meeting in midtown Manhattan in this conference room. And they basically, we just played the game and it was the four of us playing with two of the producers and we laughed as hard as, as we could, just like it was because it was what in our wheelhouse, like we struck lightning in a bottle with jokers because it's really embarrassment comedies, the way we make each other laugh. This is really us making each other laugh. The other thing that we do in our relationship, which is always fun, is we debate stupid topics ad nauseum. And that's what that show is. Basically, you're just debating what you think is, you know, worse between two absurd topics. So it was like, oh, we could do this, too. This is fun. This is a good fit. It didn't feel put on. It didn't feel like us acting. So we're like, oh, this is really great. So um, we actually been fortunate enough to, they put us together with Jamila Jamil, who's amazing and such a great talent to work with and kind of keeps us in check when we get a little crazy and long-winded. Sal's got to take his vitamins. That's true. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, so then, and now we're in season, we're in season three, we're back and, you know, we, we love to be on TV now Tuesdays and Thursdays with two different shows, especially now when the world needs it, you know? Oh, exactly. And I, and I will say just the, I know so many people who binge on the jokers we do in this house, you know, his mom being sick this sometimes, um, which is kind of coming in and out. I just put it on because we just know it's on in the background, you know, yeah. and, um, it really just, it, I, I don't know. I, it's going to seem like a strange analogy, but you know how Goodfellas comes on and you can't, <laughs> you always watch it no matter what scene we're the good fellows of comedy we're the good fellows of comedy it's the same thing with jokers it's like huh what oh when he just woke up it's like i i every time it goes on i'm like oh damn like an hour just went by it's such a great show <laughs> it's, it's it sucks the time right from you no, no. <laughs> before you know it, you're like oh, i had to get right no i know <laughs> no they play it a lot and so uh, i think that we hear that's a lot of people's experiences they just kind of have it on i remember like a lot of people telling us like oh i go to sleep to it and and i'm like in my head i'm like you know the more people that tell me that i'm wondering if that's a good thing <laughs> no you know what? like we put people to bed <laughs> no it is because um it's something fun and joyful I know, okay, so it's ridiculous, but last night I was watching The Crown, uh, and I'm a history major, oh, I heard so I, loved, I wanted to see the accuracies and stuff. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena, and that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. And it was pretty intense and heavy drama. And I did not have a very good night's sleep because of it and i think oh, yeah. that you know we because we had dr oz on a couple of weeks ago and i violate just about everything he said about getting good sleep <laughs> but one of them is he said to you know don't do anything but i think if you're going to do something it's something positive so actually it actually makes sense you'd wake up with a smile certainly if you you know a lot of times when we would get up i know we had a one job in hollywood that was really toxic and she hated and we started putting it on just in the morning getting ready mm -hmm. 
and it made a difference. You know, rather than like the morning shows or the news, we just put it on and it's like, you know, kind of just sets you. I watch it on the treadmill. We keep you going. We keep you moving. We keep yeah. you going. Yeah. Um, we, we, hear, we actually heard that a lot. I don't think that got lost on us. Because we heard that early on, right? So like, and it, it, because it was, we did meet and greets with fans in the beginning, like after our shows and we would just meet, want to meet everybody because we were so like taken back by just like the, being able to be a part of people's lives in the middle of like Iowa. Like it was just insane to us. And we heard really early on, like people would hit us with these things that they're like, oh my God, you know, thank you so much. I watch you all the time. You know, I don't have a relationship with my family and you're the one, or, you know, I've gone through a sickness or, you know, my, I had a heavy loss and all these things. And it was like, oh wow. We're like, kind of like a, there was a therapeutic comedy thing that came at us, which we weren't expecting because we were just having fun making a TV show. So it was like, kind of like this thing that didn't get lost on us at all. It was like, oh, this is really, really cool thing that we're able to do with our comedy. So that's so nice always to hear that. Thanks. We could do that, especially for our, our friends. <laughs> Joe, I don't think it's a coincidence that you have nine rescue dogs, rescue babies. Uh, tell me, tell me, is that something you guys, have, you and your wife have always, and you with kids, that's crazy. <laughs> I know, tell me about it. How yeah. does that work? It's uh, it's 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 a little insanity. It's good though. It's like a pack mentality. You just got to train three or four of them, and the rest will follow. They so follow. it's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we I, she introduced me to rescue a while ago. We bought our first dog together, uh, Cannoli, and then she had a lot of uh, she had a lot of health issues. And like right out of the gate, I was like four grand in the hole. And yeah, then when we started doing research with like all these puppy mills and and all this and all these shelter dogs that are out there for that need adoption, we were like. Oh, well, let's start doing this. And we rescued our first one, Biscotti, and I fell in love. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just been kind of a, a thing from there that would, I've gone through 12 dogs at this point. And then I currently have nine. Um, and it's just just super rewarding. And I, I love it. It's kind of addictive, actually. It is. You know, we've had the peak we had was seven, but we didn't have children and they all had health issues. And, you know, we were talking off air about how to manage it. Um, but I, it's, I can't think of anything better during the pandemic to have a baby. I mean, like this is Winnie we, that we rescued years ago, and so this cute. is her. She's, She's just, like she is snoring right now. <laughs> I mean, but I can tell you that it's so calming mm -hmm. to have, you know. And uh, I, and I say to adopt because the the dogs you adopt, I swear to God, they're more grateful. Hundred percent. Right. I agree with that. They almost know that, that um, and it is responsibility. So I understand if you don't have the time, but I always say to people, like, if you have the time and a little bit of the means, like you're robbing yourself to not have a companion animal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Sal, are you, are you, you have, or you, nothing? No, no, no baby? <laughs> At, at this moment, I do not. I, I had I had dogs growing up. Uh, my dad has a dog right now. My sister has a bunch of cats. I look forward to um, when I have the space to getting to getting a, a couple of dogs actually. But it's hard when you move on the move. No, I get it. No yeah. shame from here. I he just it. comes. He just comes and visits me. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, the you know, but the hardest part, Joe, is the saying goodbye, and that. I, along with the death of my father and probably Maria's mother's diagnosis, I, I, the when I've had a part ways, they're the most painful days of my life. And mm -hmm. and I, the last one was, I don't know, maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. Very nice. Every day or every other day, we talk about him, and uh, I just said to me, like, it's it's not easier. This is mm -hmm. how many times I've had to do it. So that's what's right. really hard. Yeah, good stuff. That's, That's a, I was not looking forward to that part of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but Joe, I mean, how do you handle it? 
I, uh, I like, like Sal said earlier, I have a very healthy relationship with them. Like I just, you know, it, it's part of life for me. So life. yeah, it is. And you know, a lot of it, like I saw, I said to you, I think it's going to be harder with like cannoli or Scotty or some of the dogs. Cause the ones that I've had to, uh, you know, it was time for them to go. They were all ones I rescued at a senior level. So I only had them. We, we laugh. Like I have a rotating spot. So like when it gets yeah, empty by somebody, to, like we go get, we get yeah, the older we used one. We right? have the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Always. So I don't have, so I, none of the ones that I've had for now I have cannoli, this guy, I had them eight years. Like, you know, it's a long time to, to have the dog. So it's going to be a little interesting when that time comes, but funny you should mention, because when we were filming Jokers in season nine, I legitimately right before my turn, I got a phone call and my wife was like, Hey, Pignoli is having seizures. They say we have to sign for her to go. We have to put her down. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So my wife told me on the phone and I, I and they're like, Joe, they're ready for you. And I turned to Sal. And I'm like, they just put my dog down. And so I was like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I guess I'll go be funny now. And then we just all like bust out laughing together. Like you're with your family. Like that's a perfect example of like the relationship we all have, you know? So, um, and when did it? So Admirable, admirable quality that you have. I'm trying to get there myself in life, but I have the, I would say the polar opposite uh, relationship with death. I, 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 it, it actually brings me so, so much constant anxiety, uh, death of loved ones, death of this, death of that. Like it's been that way my whole life. And then uh, the last like year or so and the way the world has been, has kind of just exacerbated it for me. So mm. actually yeah, so I'm trying to make uh, much more peace with it. So yeah. I, 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 we mentioned EMDR and stuff earlier, like, but I, mm-hmm. I actually just started just going to therapy again to talk, just to talk about death. We had a so last night we had on Gabby Bernstein. If you're interested, check check her out. By the way, I could even connect you guys with her. She's an amazing healer, and we, because of Maria's situation, is all based on anxiety. And it seemed like I was trying to get the steps out of her because she went through it. Um, she had issues in her childhood, but she said a lot of it originates in our childhood. There's these moments that occur in our childhood that, um, you know, spook us Mm. to the point. And then later in life, it's, it's the bubbling up. So let's say, you know, you're, um, you feel like you're losing control at your job and you start yelling at the people who work for you or whatever. It's, something in your childhood where you felt like you lost control. So with you, I, I advise to find out what that is, but do you have any ideas what maybe happened as a kid? You know, so scared. Watching Eddie Murphy raw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I I agree with you uh, there. And that's why it was, it's been uh, peculiar to me because I, I was lucky enough, at least for right now, I, I, I held on to like my, my I have one grand, grandma left, but even my grandparents I had through a really healthy age. Like I really knew, you know, um, knew my grandparents and, um, you know, I lost a couple of friends later in life, but like as a child, I didn't really go through that. So I'm wondering, you know, what it is that, that like, that makes me have such a hard time, you know, conceptualizing and dealing with this emotion. So I'm just trying to figure it out. I really don't know. But I will say that this form of therapy has worked for me in the past with other like traumatic things that I was dealing with and and stuff like that, or things that I didn't realize gave me some type of trauma in the past or what have you. Um, A good friend of mine recommended it. Actually, actually, Jamila recommended it to me. Uh, We were having a, a, a hard time. And she told me that she she really um found 
you know, positive things in it. And so I had never heard of it up until that point. And then I sought it out and I, and I went and, um, and it really did help me. So I'm just like, I, you know, it was only a, like a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I'm having a lot of anxious nights. Cause you know, I have all my parents and everything and we're all, you know, worried about this pandemic. And, and so I just find myself thinking about it a lot more. So I would want to be proactive. So I, um, I started going again as of last week. So Are you doing the tapping? I will, you know, this is my first session was over Zoom. Um, okay. When I used to go in person, I actually held these. Um, the, these the electric little, yes, the, charges. The vibrating things. The vibrators, yeah. And yeah. you would push, yeah, like, so I've seen it done with following, the, like your eyes following or those. And so I did it that way. Um, I'm not really sure how we're going to proceed with it over Zoom. But uh, I'll see. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, really... there's a. It's funny. I, so I've noticed that um, sometimes, it, it, if you if you if you do engage in it and it's not working, um, keep working with other people because I know for me, there's um, there's a lady Patty Penn that Maria works with and she's been on the show a lot, and I don't know what it is, but she's uh, she just gets right in me. So mm -hmm. when she do, does the actual physical tapping. And she has me say things out loud. There's something about the command in her voice mm. that really inspires me. And that kind of command is coming through me as mm. I'm doing. And it really seems to resonate more than, say, with the other um, people that I've worked with and the, 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 the yeah. like you said, the vibrating tool. So keep trying, you know, um, people, if you don't feeling it, but it will help. Very interesting and really important, too, because that's one of the conversations I find the topics that come up when I'm talking about therapy and stuff. And some people are like, I went, it did nothing for me. And I initially, like, I, don't, I haven't, I don't consistently go, but I've gone for quite some time. And I didn't realize that like, oh, just like anything else, you know, you might connect more with a certain therapist than another. Yes, and right. so if you go to someone and it's not working for you, it's not necessarily, it's not therapy. It just might be that kind of dynamic or that connection. connection. Um, and I find that like, not a lot of people really, know that or think that way i certainly didn't and then you know if you don't give it another chance you'll never know but it, i think it's important to tell people that you know yeah. because because a lot of times like I'm, i mean i even have friends i try to convince to go to therapy that i think that would serve them well and you know there's for some reason you know we need to destigmatize de but there's still some people that feel there's some type of stigma with therapy which is like it's the best thing in the world it's like you want to take care it's mind body you don't just go to the gym to exercise you have to you have to process things and work your mind out otherwise you're not going to grow and you're not going to you know so which seems like which seems like common sense but you know a lot of people don't feel that way so I, I have no, you know, I talk about it as, as much as I can if presented the opportunity, because I think it's important for people to to know that it's yeah. normalize it. You know? Especially now with the, the pandemic just brought so much to the level. But I feel like since 9-11 and then, you know, um, social media, you know, and then shootings in school. I mean, it's just been one yeah. thing after another. And we're also connected and it's 24 hours coming at you. And then it's. Yeah looking at the neighbors next to you or what people on Instagram, what they're doing, it's too much. And I, I feel like uh, this is the century we're going to, we'll have, we have, we'll focus more on mental health. Um, yeah, man. Joe, so. do you do anything? Do you, do you, do you engage in any kind of therapy or is it just the dogs? No, I'm per I'm perfect. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I definitely, uh, I'm like, 
the dogs for sure, I think help with that. But yeah. I think like the, the family stuff, I find that my children are a big source of happiness in life. Mm-hmm. And especially when stuff goes, you know, they're also a source of stress because like you have to, you realize that you're providing for, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. So, so I think that gets amplified, but my wife is very much in a mental health and she had been through a couple like sounds being like a couple therapists. So she found one that she liked. So we have, I, I get a lot of the benefit of uh, runoff sure. therapy where I think where she understands how to communicate and help. Yeah. yeah. Gabby Bernstein had a last night on yesterday's show. She had a term for that. Something. Borrow the benefits. Borrow the benefits. Borrow the benefits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think, I think there's something to that of borrowing the benefits and stuff, but I'm also not, I, I don't get, I, I'm pretty healthy with being aware of how I'm feeling and not holding right. stuff in and things like that. So I don't know. You know, a lot of my issues don't necessarily come from that angle of it. Like, yeah, I, well, I think yeah. you know what it is with you because Maria's dad's like you. You guys practice your EMDR in other ways. So, mm-hmm. like Maria's dad, who you guys—I I don't even know if you've met—but you'll probably meet him at some point that we're going to be on the East Coast more. But he'll be in the backyard with his headphones on and you know mowing the grass, and you just see him doing this crazy Greek dance <laughs> out there alone and singing at the top of his lungs. And, you know, so he has, because we've tried to get him to go to therapy and, you know, 50 something odd years of being a diabetic and he's literally been pronounced dead three different times. And, you know, we've tried, we forced him to sit with things and it doesn't do much for him. But then I watch him and he does these things. His own form of it. Yeah. Yes. And then even like his, he picked up cooking when the mother got sick and it it became Mm -hmm. his kind of form of meditation. Mm -hmm. He's very healthy. He's a very happy guy. And he also doesn't um he practices the choose again method so when his mind starts to get into something upset he chooses again he chooses another thought like Mm -hmm. i know when noel our first baby uh we had to put her down and he said goodbye to her on facetime um i'll never forget and he loved her he called her presbytera which is greek for a queen and um he just looked into the camera and he just kind of shook his head and and walked away and I, when I was younger, I was like, oh, wow, like what? And I realized it was like, choose again. Like, no, okay, she's going. This is part of life. But I don't want to sit in the sadness. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like, yeah. of course, I'm crushed. She's, you know, I don't want to sit in the sadness. It's just, so it's kind of, no, I, I think that's really cool. And I also think that's aspirational for people. Like, it mm-hmm. isn't, doesn't have to be for everybody because you can find it in other ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really cool. You guys are amazing. Do Right before you go, I, I want to ask you, like, I want to ask you my like five or six faves really quick. Sure. So favorite, favorite book. Uh, for, for me and Sal, it's the dog father. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Sal, you're just going to say that. Uh, for sure. you know, I highlight all my dogs. Uh, I but talk about know, growing up. You self-published that book, right? You just self-published on up. Amazon. Yes. Yes. And it, did, uh, and it did well for you, right? Without a publisher and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Gattopups.com. You go to it. There's a bunch of places you could get, even get a signed copy to help charity. But I mean, Sal, that Sal won't stop talking about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Sal, your your second favorite book? Oh my God! I don't. I mean, I read a lot of biographies. So uh, which one? Uh, well, I'm looking at them right now. The last few I read here is uh, I did a uh, Ray Charles, Eddie Murphy, Howard Stern, Don Rickles, Andy Kaufman. So wow. those are like some favorite I, just people that I'm actually I really like reading the Andy Kaufman ones. I, I read like three of them already. It's just he's still such an era. There's such an era of mystery 
to me still. And he's one of my earliest influences too. Kind of like, I think that he influenced, I think the sensibility of our show, if I could be so bold as to even say a little bit, like something that he did with, which was keeping people on their toes and always guessing. And And he never blinked. Kind of weren't sure. Original, right. You just never knew where he was coming from. He stayed true to it. I, I swear to God, he, it cost him his life, you yeah. know, emotionally. But yeah, I agree. I agree. And I love bi- I love biographies because you can learn so much. Yeah. So I, especially people that I like, you know, really admire, I kind of want to get in there and understand them better. So yeah, it's like, other but than Sal, that, if you had a choice between an Andy Kaufman biography and reading The Dog Fall, <laughs> it, it oh. would be, it would definitely, it would be The Dog Fall. The Dog Father. <laughs> and where do we we can get it on Amazon and it, yeah. some of some of it goes to charity, which I love. Yeah. yeah. I love. Yeah. Okay, guys, favorite movie. Oh that's so tough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean the one always pops in my in my head like all the time. Uh when everybody says that is Shawshank Redemption, which I you know, it's always because I feel like like you said earlier, like Goodfellas, it's one of those that's on, you just watch it. I've probably seen it a billion times. Yeah. I think the storytelling's amazing in it. So that's probably know. if I had to pick one of my favorites, it's definitely gotcha. That. I gotta go uh Christmas story. Oh, oh. Yeah. wow. That's- yeah. Christmas is my favorite holiday. I too. I'm nostalgic for things from when I was younger. And even when I was that age and it came out, I loved the throwback of like where it took place in like the 50s, mm-hmm. just that time period. It just it just came together to be so many of my favorite things uh-huh. in one thing, you know. So I just kind of love it. I don't know. It's like Sal, bigger, bigger for you than you two mama come again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neck and neck. You know, I, but this is like, I mean, you know, then you have like all, I'll just say, I'll say that one. I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. Like I always, when I'm asked that question, I have to say, I have to have a top five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have I our agree. favorite in genres. Yeah. Right. Right. You exactly. know, so it's, it's, it's really hard. And at some point, so we, 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 when we do a Christmas show, I need, we need to have you on because yes. I, I watch all the specials. Yeah. I was going to say, you guys, had such, on them. you guys had such a big reaction when I said a Christmas story. I was wondering why. Yeah, we, we love it. We you love can love listen it. to a Christmas, what's it called? A very COVID Christmas on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we did. Oh. We, we did it. We did. We used to, and then we did one called the Christmas. Oh, no. Christmas starts in August. Uh. We used to do <laughs> a podcast that started there. Anyway. I, I love it. this, guys. I'm the guy. I'm the I guy. I know you are. I, can I tell start me. listening to Christmas music. I listen to Christmas music like year round, but yeah. I go I go hard starting like November first. My tree is usually up, hopefully in November. <laughs> yep. Um, so I'm that guy. You know, I'm Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, you're either with her or you're against her, and I'm with her. <laughs> well, she like she she no. That's her big thing is November first. She's so excited. Yeah. Oh, is I, that her thing? November first. Yeah. Oh my God! And uh, Benny Medina, her manager, told me. One time he had a, she goes, I need, I, re, I need a sleigh and reindeers and I want to be pulled now. And he made it, he <laughs> make it happen. Gotta so her that. and her family and friends could all get pulled. By. And I thought, oh, I God. love it. I love the madness. I love Why it. not? You know, um, she's got that. So when that song plays, people are either like, oh, I've heard, I, I hear this too much. Or it's just like, no, yeah. no, no. It's, it's, it's going to be good every single time. It's so for good. me, it's like, I don't care. Right. Favorite TV show. Now, favorite TV show. Okay, now, now, now. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I'm really blown away by the storytelling that's being done in WandaVision right now and also the impact it has on pop culture. So I would probably say right now okay. WandaVision. I know what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you're a Marvel person, I think WandaVision has done a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, job. Okay, Sal? Uh, again, I, I gotta, I'd gotta. be like, there's genres involved here. Um, yes. <laughs> but I have a gun to your head. You have to pick one. You got yeah. it. So if it's air, currently, like, kind of currently airing, because Nathan, for you, was my fave, but he, he stopped doing it. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah. so I got to go maybe, like, my newest surprise, like, fave was uh, a show called How To with John Wilson. Oh, um, it's on oh. HBO Max. I think, actually, Nathan uh, might have exec produced it it's really unique and really different okay. uh this this guy from new york city this filmmaker that always has his camera on he does these ostensibly these uh docu episodes about a topic but then it becomes so much more about something else just like nathan for you did he would take it one way and it would go yeah, yeah i yeah. agree i mean that i there's so much good comedy out there that I, I, how did I almost forget Nathan for you? But yeah. Yeah. You know. I'm watching Nathan for you now, but Sal, Sal's been talking about it for years. Right. I've never it's, seen the whole thing through and I'm watching it now. And it's, it's so, mind it's blowing. Amazing. So well done. He was at, he, we saw him um, in a parking lot and I said, is it going to be weird if I go up and I just kneel in genuine in front of him? <laughs> He's like, do not do that. Do not embarrass me. I'm like, Maria, I just have, this guy is Unbelievable. All right. Okay. So favorite TV show then? Oh, the Jefferson's 100% for you. you yeah. By the way, again, like when you look at some of those sitcom actors from the 70s, even like if you watch an old Gilligan's Island and you see the commitment of these character actors and how you can't imagine anyone else playing those roles, like you couldn't imagine anyone else being Mr. Jefferson but Sherman Helms. Yeah. 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 Sure. You know, and for me back then, they were like little, they were, they really played like plays more, uh, the, 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 especially the Jeffersons. It, it felt like I was watching a play. I don't know what it is. It, it was way more, uh, the, I don't know the word, but it's, it just, it, it didn't feel like cookie cutter to me. It felt like I was watching some real like, Art. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, granted, it's just silly stuff. It's a sitcom. No, but well, but it, I mean, they tackle different issues. It, there was just a rawness to it. I don't know what it was. It just yeah, felt le it just felt less there. produced and yeah. a little more raw for like in terms of a sitcom. You know, well, that, I mean, just his walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, he, Be funny walking, right? I, so, what about you, Joe? Uh, I'm I, old school. I think I, I miss the variety show. Uh, Carol Burnett for me is handed down my favorite oh. of all time. Like I just miss that whole type of show, and she's for that that TV show is probably one of the biggest influences, if not that and the Muppet Show, probably on my comedy and the Muppet uh, Show. Right? I love the Muppet Show, dude. I started watching episodes last week again. Yeah, it's back on. I'm actually just starting to watch one. it with my. I'm actually starting so, to watch it with my kids. And like you would see John Denver and yeah, John Denver. Everybody. I just watched um, the Christopher Reeves app. When I was yeah. younger, if, okay, if you want to go back even further, The Muppet Show, I would say, was like the pinnacle of of excitement for me when uh, I was a Event kid. television. Like, event event television. Yeah. Did, yeah. Couldn't I, miss it. And in my head, when I was younger, I really, I I, I just remember this re-watching this week. And I was like, oh, I, the way I process it as a child is I really felt like those people were coming together in that theater 
and like the cameras yes. were on. Yeah, and right. I, it, I watched it the other day and I'm like, oh wow, this is like so not that. But as a child, right. you feel like body that something going on backstage and the show's going on, you know, in the front and there's all these people there. And it's like that excitement with like, for, for me, it was like teeming with excitement to watch that show when I was little. So I'm a little older than you guys. So this, but the 70s was like, Donnie Marie, Captain and Tennille. Yeah. I mean, it was like everyone had a variety. Sonny and Cher, everyone had a variety show. And I always felt like they keep trying to bring them back, if you notice, around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, I'd love to see you guys do one, but the amount we, of... We, we, try, we tried to do a, a variety show uh, concept. Wasn't, wasn't bit into, but we'll try again. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, you know what? You know what the secret is, guys? Holiday specials. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you because... There's so much work involved in a variety show, the the singing, the dancing, the music acts, the guests, learning the things. I know you guys would probably get a high off it because it's kind of like SNL, but you have so much else on your plate. I feel like if you started with just holiday specials and you could do that once a year, be part of Americana. I mean, I'd love to see like a a Joker's variety show. I mean, that would be epic. I like it. Okay. okay. Then... um, do you guys listen to podcasts? Do you have a favorite podcast? Uh, yeah, I listen. Well, I do two myself. Uh, one's called Hey Babe and one's called Taste Buds. Sal, I thought you were going to do it to me when I did to you. You were like, oh, Joe loves Hey Babe. <laughs> Joe loves Hey Babe. I, I love, love Hey Babe and Taste Buds. Those are my top two, hands down. <laughs> Check them out now. They're phenomenal. Yeah, I started uh, I started them during the pandemic. I, I've been meaning to do them for a long time okay. with a couple of my buddies. One's like a food debate show and one just open open-ended talking but uh they've been really fun I, we've been doing them for about three and a half months now they're going well um so those have been fun but i i really like the bonfire which is actually more of a radio show on on sirius uh with jay okerson and dan soda just two yeah. comedians at the top of their game that can immediately begin riffing on anything at its highest level yeah. so i think they're doing really you know they're stuff. gonna they're moving them over um to the channel jim and sam are on you know, Jim Norton, yes. and they're going to be, yeah, they're actually investing a lot in that show. It's a great show. Yes. yes. Uh, Joe, what about you for podcasts? Uh, besides Sal's too, I don't listen to any other ones. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's really, that's really it. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really uh, listen to many podcasts, but I do listen to like, if somebody is on a podcast that I like, like I listen to, uh, you know, um, if, if there's a guest, sometimes that's why I would go to a podcast. Like if I find out somebody was on Rogan, I would listen to that episode or, you know, with Theo Vaughn or something. I, I don't necessarily just listen to one though. Just a, yeah. I th- I would imagine with kids and nine dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something like, got to give. Uh, <laughs> you know, so now, may I recommend you Gilbert Gottfried's uh, Colossal Hollywood. It's all um, classic Hollywood, uh, old stories from Hollywood. Oh, that's great. You know, probably from the, as back as the 40s, but all the way up to like the 90s. Great writers, like the writers of The Odd Couple. I mean, really. A, is it, does he do that with Frank Santapadre? He does. He does it with another Paisan. I, I, I'm not, is it, do they have more than one? Because I was on that podcast, but I, I didn't know if it was called Colossal Hollywood. Um, I think you were on, uh, okay. but they they keep now because they've run out of people. Like sure. they've just gotten into like newer stuff. And I just have a feeling like as a, Fan, you would enjoy it. It's yeah, he's, he's. I love listening to him, yeah. and it's a great homage to like the 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 Hollywood of the past. Mm-hmm. You guys, I can't squeeze any more out of you. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I just, I see so many great things ahead for you guys, yeah. and I think this just, 
you guys are just such a great inspiration to so not just watching the show, but then even personally. And I just want to thank you for being such an amazing friend to Maria all these years. And I hope you know she would do it. I would too. But Maria would do anything you guys ever need from her. You know, you can call. Mm -hmm. uh, thank God none of you will ever be in trouble. But can you tell me, you know how many celebrities get in trouble? Call Maria. <laughs> really? Oh my and God! If you yeah. knew how many like oh, we gotta get into those. Yeah, stories. Gotta, that's what we want to hear. That'll be off air, but like yeah. they just have a thing where they'll call Maria, and then Maria calls me in, and we go, "Okay, what's up?" Oh boy, okay, who do we call? Who do we know? All right, that's a that's a different podcast. That's called yeah. Worse, yeah. Worse Alone instead of Better Together. Well, <laughs> well, because unfortunately, we've you know being in the entertainment news business, if it bleeds, it leads. That's not Maria. So it already was a bad mix. Maria just wanted to do what we just did, which was talk about the cool things about show business. Right. She didn't want to, you know, and so it was hard for her to be in that world. But over time, all the other celebrities kind of knew Maria was watching out for them because she would call up and go, no, 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 tell your publicist, pull this. Don't, you know, don't, you know, she would always go out of her way to help. And, and I think people have known that and they'll come to us. And we've always been a champion of talent, you know, because mm -hmm. we've been through it. So when we, we always want to see talent win, you know, like, cause there's enough for everybody, you know, but it's, it's, you know, and I think that's happening now with new media talents getting a fairer and fairer share. And it's nice to see. Yeah. Have we left well, we, anything out? Kelsey well, I need to tell them, is this going up the mic? So yes. you guys, this is going to air tomorrow and Thank you. And tomorrow's my birthday, so I was super picky who I had on. Oh, there you oh, go. Happy birthday. Go. Happy birthday. Thank, Thank you for sharing you. your birthday with us. That's great. Oh, it was the best. So I appreciate you both. And Sal, I have to tell you, the uh, misery index with your dad talking about you getting hit by a car yeah, yeah. killed me so much. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. So yeah. appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you guys are great. Thank you so oh, much. Listen, you, I'll give you the L.A. tip when it's your birthday. Yeah, LA. It's a month. It's your birthday month. Birthday month. Uh, <laughs> I like it because it's all about me. <laughs> LA, baby. All right, so you guys. It's Misery Index. It's Impractical Jokers. Go to Amazon to buy Joe's book, The Dog Father. Listen to Sal's podcast. Sal, I want to. I'm going to subscribe. What is it again? Your Hey Babe. Yeah, it's uh, one's called Hey Babe, and one's called Taste Buds. Wow. And you can find them both on YouTube on the No Press Network. We start a little network, so. Ooh, yeah, yeah channel. fancy. Yeah. Sal, Sal, here he comes, guys. I've been telling you about this kid for a while. I love it. Oh my God. You know, it, it's such a, it's a fun business, you guys, the good side of it. And why not? You know, why, while you're young, why not go for it? You know, I, I, with Maria, the regrets I think are more in that she didn't have the coping tools to deal with the bullshit, but now the more she looks back and it's like, oh my God, I wrestled at WrestleMania. I was at every Oscar. I, you know, she looking back, it's like, wow, like, you know, and there's still more to do, but yeah. yeah. No, well, good. we appreciate you guys and being on this type of conversation is always such, it's such a breath of fresh air just to talk and, and, and really with you guys. And please give our love uh, to Maria and the family and, you know, our thoughts and prayers with everybody. So thank you guys. Thank you guys. Oh my God. How amazing are those guys? I love them. Right. They're awesome. They're such like humble, I don't know, incredible beings. Like it's like, you wouldn't expect that from people who have been famous for that long and who are like wildly successful. And it's just, it's so cool. They're so down to earth. They're so. It's nice to see that behavior rewarded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And, uh, and just that positivity and that lightness, mm -hmm. 
And I think that really makes, God, makes life so much easier. And yeah. everyone, a lot of successful people tell you that you will increase your chances of success just by shifting mm-hmm. your attitude to be like that. But as we were talking with Sal, he was born that way, it seemed. But but they work to maintain it. Um, Definitely. Very, very cool. So hopefully uh, we had some tech issues today. <laughs> and uh, hopefully um, you fans will continue to bear with us uh, without Maria. Um, best way... You can help us right now and help Maria. Obviously, send her well wishes, but then please keep tuning in. Please be patient with us. Uh, we're going to continue to do our best. We will have Maria back as uh, as soon as we can. Uh, in the meantime, who are we having on tomorrow, Kelsey? Oh, tomorrow. I'm so excited. We have Tim Story, who he's Oprah Winfrey's life coach. Oh, okay. And he's a ton of people's life coaches. So Tim wow. is an acclaimed author and a speaker, and he's known for inspiring and motivating people of all walks of life. From entertainment executives, celebrities, and athletes to adults and children in the most deprived neighborhoods in the country, he's incredible. Well, you had me at he's Oprah's. I life know. Coach. So he's like, going to really? come motivate us all. He's really a special, special person. So I'm very excited. And you, you even talked to him on the phone. Yeah, uh, he, he was amazing. He was amazing, right? Amazing. So, I like couldn't breathe after. I was so excited. So cool. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, please keep uh, send us your comments on iTunes if you can. App uh, added together with Maria. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue. to put on a lot of great clips that uh, will provide you with a lot of life hacks and some self-help and uh, some reasons to smile. That's right. That's what we're here for. And if you guys want to follow them, it's at Joe underscore Gatto on Instagram at Sal Volcano. Kels Meyer too. Hey, Um, (laughs) Steven Lemieux photo better together with Maria. You say, Hey, hi, Hey, And then at Better Together with Maria, we're at 11.2, which I'm super stoked about. But you know what I want for my V-Day? I want to be at 11.4 by the end of the day. And tomorrow is... (laughs) It's today. Today. Oh, my God. (laughs) See, I forget. Yes. And happy birthday. Thanks. But but here's the thing. We've decided because we have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Forget tech issues, but so much going on in our house and our lives that... It's going to be Kelsey's birthday month. Yeah. So just you guys wait for the regular guy Friday this Friday. Yes. That's going to be the birthday show. all about show. me. That's no, going to be kidding. the birthday show. Yes. And then we have birthday weekend. And yeah, we're not we going to. We do. Wow. Yeah, we're going to stretch this out. You have to. Okay, Thanks, you guys, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.